Welcome to the State of Wrestling, the Power Jar Report. I'm the Brooklyn Mora. I'm here with my tag team partner, the big man. How you doing today? I'm well, I'm well. We're, bre- we're blessed, Brooklyn Mauler. I saw on the news the flooding in Germany, the fires in different places. It's a crazy world. It's a crazy, crazy world. Um, we're going to start with some news, some unfortunate, sad news. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff has passed away. What's your thoughts on Mr. Wonderful? Yeah, so I'll just do kind of a word association kind of reaction. First thing I think about is his WWF LJN wrestling figure. And it was so unique because he was probably, they, they made him look as he was back then, probably in the best shape, physical bodybuilder kind of look. Um, and as far as his matches, you know, he was, his match against Hulk Hogan in the steel cage was epic. Um he was, he could do anything. I mean, he was a tough guy. Everybody knows that about him. But I, I also think about how hilarious he was in WCW when he had the theme song, the opera music, He's Wonderful. And he had the mirror. And he would thank, thank you, Gary Spivey, the motivational speaker who was working with him. Um, so Mr. Wonderful, Paul Wonderful, also Shane Douglas's stepfather. That's one of the first things I always think about. Um, certainly a wrestling legend, the first, you know, WrestleMania, um, everybody knew who he was and that's not easy to do when you're in the ring with Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Mr. T, but to stand out on your own. And, um, another thing I loved about a year ago, I was watching an old interview with him and it was with Dr. D David Schultz and, um, some others. And Mr. Wonderful's back was turned to the camera the whole time while he was talking and the announcer was holding the microphone to him. Didn't see his face, but you just saw the robe with the name Mr. Wonderful on it. And I just love that. What about you? Yeah, man. I mean, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff is one of a kind. Um, you know, mm. he was in part of the, the first WrestleMania main event. Um, and with all the cast of characters that was in that um, main event, we had um, Hogan, you know, Mr. T, you know, we had uh, Roddy Piper, uh, Cowboy, Bob Orton, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who may have um, saved that match because, remember, he was the one that took the, the pinfall. Um, no one else mm-hmm. wanted Piper didn't want to take the pinfall. Mr. Wonderful took the pinfall and made the fans go home happy. Um, So Mr. Wonderful actually made WrestleMania one. That's because the baby faces had to go over, had to go over, you know, and he was was willing to to do that. Now, also, that started the the wheels turning into his face turn, and then that's when he started, you know, and this is like in 86, I mean, Hulk Hogan was tag teaming together. Uh, they was training together. You know, they were like an ultimate tag team together. It was like the mega powers before the mega powers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then that faithful day when Mr. Wong called <laughs> and, Hogan didn't, and Hogan didn't pick up. Um, Do you remember the you machine? Know, Do you remember the message? Uh, what was the message? Hey, dude, it's Hulk Hogan. I'm hanging and banging at the gym. I can't take the call right now. It's something like that. 
<laughs> right. So Mr. Wonderful needed Hulk, and Hulk wasn't there when Mr. Wonderful needed him. And um, and then that, um, you know, led to his hill turn with him going to Mr. Uh, to the Heenan family with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, so, I mean, they had the first match in, I think, Toronto Maple Leaf Garden, so to speak, the first match they had. And I think the second match was the, the famous one, the Saturday Night Main Event Steel Cage match, mm. which, is, which was the seconds, which both feet touched the ground. They did the side-by-side. Um, mm-hmm. One of the greatest matches, 1986, um, Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf may have feud of the year. Um, between the two, because that was the first time I think um, which started a lot of of Hogan's uh, feuds was he they tag team with him and then they turn on him and then Hogan's friend become his worst enemy and then they that uh-huh. as you know a lot a crutch to the um, a story to have main event matches. So wow. they that, they use that a lot, um, so to speak, and to the biggest one which. Was, Andre and Hogan, because remember they was best friends as well, and then that led to the 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 biggest match and probably in WrestleMania history was Hogan and Andre. They was friends, mm-hmm. and then and then Heenan was another cog in a sense, the same cog as in with Mr. Wonderful. I think they used those that that um storyline earlier with Mr. Wonderful and added Heenan to the to the um to the to the fray to make um, the fans turn on him even more. So they did the same thing with Andre. When you see Heenan with someone, um, they they automatically hate that person now. That person even I so never Mr. Wonderful thought of them. Never yeah, thought so, of them. Right. So Mr. Wonderful started that card for eighty six, which led to eighty seven do a, a WrestleMania match. But I think that could have been a WrestleMania match instead of um Bundy and Hogan. So to speak, with that storyline, it probably would have been a story would have been um, a bigger uh, match, so to speak. Um, and also, then eighty and then eighty eight, they used um, or eighty nine, they used the same storyline of Mister Wonderful with the Macho Man and Hogan. They was friends, and then they then the Macho Man turned on, but they used Elizabeth. They used a different uh, variation of the turn. This time, they used Elizabeth instead of a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so this started the whole the Mr. Wonderful friends with Hogan and turned on them and they had a few that started with Mr. Wonderful Paul Rondorf, so to speak. Wow. <laughs> well that's and I, I know from talking to you before, um you've you've been I mean you've been a scholar on that Mr. Wonderful uh heel turn for a long time. You've always been fascinated by that and I'm just hearing you explain it. I see why I should be too. That was that was amazing. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a story that that was unique at the time, but it been used over and over again. If you really look at it, mm-hmm. turn a, a hill, turn face, then become a friend of that person. Then they want Hogan. Remember, Hogan was champion for basically four years, eighty five from eighty five years. From 84, 85 to about 88. So about four years he was champion. Yeah, years. So they had to keep it interesting. That's rare to have a a, a baby face champion. Nowadays it is. Before it was Bruno and, and it was a norm back then. But now looking at it, we can't look at John Cena being champion like two, two years. People will get tired of that. They didn't right. get tired of that Yeah, the only way it happens is well, back then, you know, the 30 days, they just had to fight once every 30 days. 
-hmm. then the only time it's happened recently where it was long was like Brock Lesnar where they're gone for a year. And then they still count that as part of their reign, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Orndorff, you have me remembering even more, you know, Piper and he were really the last two people who were not gigantic, who as fans, we really thought they could be Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. You know, I know people remember the Macho Man feud. I never thought Macho Man was going to win as a kid. I didn't even think Ric Flair was going to win when they thought it was different seeing Ric Flair in the ring with Hulk Hogan. Um, But yeah, Mr. Wonderful. I mean, he came so close. And and you're right. I mean, people as tough as he was, he tough guy, um, difficult Hulk Hogan in the past, not, not since the death of Mr. Wonderful. Hulk Hogan said, you know, it wasn't the easiest person to work with, but there were two opportunities. I mean, he could have done anything he wanted to in that WrestleMania match. And he could have gotten dropped out of that cage first if he really wanted to. But he did what they wanted him to do both times. And it was and it was monumental. I mean, he could have changed everything twice. Yeah. yeah, that's a fact. And then you know he moved on and then he was in WCW. <laughs> and um and Mr. Wonderful, when I think of Mr. Wonderful, I think about the notorious um is when he does his bicep post, one arm was bigger than the other one. Really? Yeah, you go back. One arm was bigger than the other arm. Uh, was more muscular and defined than the other one. If you go look at it. That's it. Did you see the Instagram on Instagram? They, you know, people are posting all kinds of things in in honor of him or in memory. And one of them is he did. I didn't. I didn't see this at the time. I don't think. A, he, the commercial for the Hulk Hogan weight. Uh, you know, get in shape kit um, that they used to sell for kids. The commercial was starring him, Mr. Wonderful, showing a child how to use the Hulk Hogan get in shape kit, um, workout kit. And that was interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good well, talk. Good yeah, talk. Definitely. And then he, I mean, he went to WCW and then he was part of Pretty Wonderful. Yeah, one of the best theme musics ever with that guitar riff, mm. you know. And uh, pretty wonderful it was really good. I really enjoyed that tag team, you know. Yeah, they're a tag team that would do really well today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, he wrestled all the way up until you know until the later part of WCW when the New Blood he was wrestling then as well. That's when he had that little stinger in the ring. You remember that? Yeah, you know, I used to watch all the damn. I, I forgot which event that was. Was this WCW Sin or Greed or something like that? It was one of those pay per views. Um, he had a sting in the ring, but ultimately, Mr. Wonderful, a WWE 2005 Hall of Famer, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time from my era, from the 80s and 90s, and um, you know, he will be surely missed, so to speak. And I just have to say, you reminded me the very end of his time in WCW when he was kind of more known as the trainer. There was someone challenged him to an arm wrestling contest and they had the table in the ring and he did the greatest thing. Like, you know, he was the one the fans were cheering for. He was the good guy. He sits down at the table and immediately turns the table and shoves it into the guy's stomach. And, and he's pointing at his head like, yeah, no. And he beats him up. So he, he did the heel move, so to speak, because yeah. he can do what he wants. I think that Mr. Wonderful was better a better 
baby face. I'm mean, no, sorry, a baby beta hill than baby face. What do you think? Yeah, remember the fans chanting Paula? Mm-hmm. That was huge. I mean, that was like people chanting Weasel at Bobby Heenan. Um, and just seeing him, like, because he just looked paranoid and jealous of Hulk Hogan. He did that so well. The paranoia, the jealousy, everything got on his nerves. Loose cannon. Um, and he could back it up. I mean, nobody, nobody would step up to him anywhere. You know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, be surely missed the Hall of Famer, Paul Orndorff. Um, so moving forward, um, we're going to talk about WWE Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first match we had, um, and I thought about you during this match, with Xavier Woods and Bobby Lashley. And now what your thing was last week, you talked about if Xavier Woods was to win, he would be added to the match. Now, yes. I thought that was going to happen, too, because Xavier mm-hmm. Woods did beat Bobby Lashley this week on Raw. But In the beginning, added- they had all time, the whole rest of the show, right. to introduce him being put into that match. Exactly. Right. And I thought they was going to do it, um, especially after when um, Xavier Woods defeated Bobby Lashley. That's the first thing on the first match of Raw. I thought that was going to happen when Bobby Lashley and MVP, when Bobby Lashley stormed off. And in the back, MVP said, we're going to talk to him at the MVP lounge. So I thought they was going to do it there. Um, obviously, they did not do that. So what was mm-hmm. your thoughts on this? On, 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 Xavier was beating Bobby Lashley on the, 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 um, the almighty champion losing to Xavier Woods for no reason. For no reason? Right, because they're not putting Xavier Woods in the match. It's not a triple threat match. It's not that taking this match from a 1 to a 10 like we were hoping for. Um, he lost clean. Yeah. Kofi, Kofi didn't beat him clean. Kofi had no. Drew McIntyre help. Yeah, so he lost clean. Kind of, yeah, so then it becomes like, well, what's really going on? Like, I think I'd rather see Woods <laughs> fight him than Kofi. And um, are we going to talk about the MVP Lashley thing now or later? What the, 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 and we're going to get down to the MVP lounge later. Later okay. on. But, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I mean, at first I was excited because it meant what we thought it was going to mean. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, looking back, uh, I mean, to win clean, I mean, good for good for Xavier. But, um, yeah, it didn't really do anything for me. What about you? It hurts Bobby um, to lose. Sorry. I don't understand why they wouldn't do Brock like this. Brock doesn't lose it anyway. It's hard. Brock just mashes people. Um, I'm not sure why they do that to Bobby, but you know, mm-hmm. Brock, Brock is a great, um, you know, uh, a great negotiator, so to speak. Um, Brock Lesnar, when he first came, but you gotta realize when Brock Lesnar first came back, his first match, he wasn't super Brock, he lost, he lost to John Cena at Extreme Rules, and then mm-hmm. at WrestleMania that year, he lost to Triple H, you know, so he mm-hmm. took some losses and then he went back to the drum bar and said, you know what. I'm not losing like this anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's a great politician. That's a great point. So I never thought of that. So I but he did lose to those two. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did lose. Um, you know, he, he did lose. And then after he beat John Cena at SummerSlam with he destroyed him, um, he never looked back. He was never touched at all. If he was gonna lose a match he'll lose to Goldberg or he, you know, it means something. He's losing he's losing at a WrestleMania. You know, he's losing there. Um, 
to 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 put somebody over. But he never lost any type of match before then, you know. So, mm. so um, <clears throat> yeah, That's I don't know great. why. They, so I don't know why they do that to Bobby. Bobby's just as accomplished as a, as a UFC fighter. He hasn't lost. Um, you know, maybe Bobby Lashley needs to um, you know, start being a politician, so to speak. Because there's no way in the world he should be losing to Xavier Woods, um, clean. I totally, you know, you, you've um, woke me up about this, and I totally agree with you because I've watched all of Brock Lesnar's UFC fights and I've seen all of Bobby's UFC fights. Bobby's a great U is not UFC fights, but MMA fights. He's not in the UFC. He's had great matches too, and. Brock is considered this most unstoppable great champion. And if you look at all of Brock's UFC fights, you could point to a lot of things where he was very fortunate, you know, for each and every one of them. And one of his biggest wins against Randy Couture, not only that Randy was outweighed and smaller and older, but first round, he kept trying to take Brock down. Brock just held the cage the whole time until Randy was gassed out. And then he sat on top of him and punched him. And then they stopped the fight. He didn't even have a point deducted from him, which many said he should have. I just say that because you're right. I mean, the perception is that Bobby's not like that. He is like that. And, and you know, his, his intro, his music, and the video that plays on what used to be the Titantron, it makes you, like, if you didn't know, you'd say, man, this guy's a monster. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then you see what happens. Like, he, he loses. And I know we're going to get to it later with the lounge, but this whole image that he's gone soft is even that has a lot of fault flaws in it right i mean we've seen the we've seen the hell in a cell match we've seen the viciousness so i agree it's it's just for him to lose in a that way it it really did hurt him and and i, I i'm afraid kofi might win i hope not but i'm afraid he won't he might i think he and to be honest with you um if he does win, it's it'll be it would probably be, um, probably better for him to win if they can like reform the hurt business. If they can re- reform the hurt business, Bobby Lashley go and get other help for whatever situation may be. Um, because after they hurt the, the Bobby Lashley, I'm be honest with you, he became stale after they 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 took the hurt business. Um, you know, uh, um gimmick away from from him and MVP I mean Shelton and 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 um Cedric all of them together was a great faction as we said this over and over again mm-hmm. and um you know and it was a strong unit so I'm just saying that Bobby Lashley should be treated better should be booked better again I, I always say if you book strong you look strong I don't know the reason why Xavier was beat beat him um Big big man, what do you think the reason why Xavier Woods beat him? But they had I guess they're gonna do something, something just like you said, where maybe Xavier turns on Kofi or joins the hurt business. Um, something like that. But I would much rather have seen them seen him in a triple threat match. Um but you, you mentioned about Bobby being stale. Yeah, they did that with Bobby and Drew, because every week was the same thing. The VIP, you know, him in the locker room surrounded by women. Sometimes Bobby didn't even really stand out. There were like six, seven people in the room. So, and that went on for, for a while. 
for a long time, and MVP did most of the talking anyway. So I guess this is what happens tonight. I just have a feeling it's not going to... The, the headline of the story probably won't be about Bobby Lashley, and it might not be for a while. Right. So, you know, I, I, I just hope they don't do nothing stupid, like break the Hurt Business up. These was good for a couple of weeks now. And then one of them just left and we went to AEW, was on a dark match in AEW. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the ladies. But even though they have some hot women, I don't, you know, they can go, they can go about their business. They can go to a performance center, learn how to do a headlock, uh, drop down on hip toss, and be <laughs> hip toss, and we can see them on TV because the, the women's division need them. <laughs> That's a good point. I like it. That's what was Alexa Playground with Dewdrop and your favorite, Eva Marie. Yes. Um, not... Go ahead. What do you think of this? Not too much to say about it. It was just um, just some shade back and forth, and, and that was the end of it. Um, do you have any anything you read into it? Yeah, I mean, she um, Alexa was more um, complimenting of Dewdrop, um, but um, even Marie doing you know, her snobbish, it's all about me, persona, and the evolution gimmick, whatever, and not let, allowing my girl Dewdrop, you know, to talk. You know, it's like Alexa and was getting along pretty fine. Um, yeah, but, I guess you know, set up what happened later. Right. So um, even when we stormed off, and, and 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 that was that, and then which led um, uh, to our Jinder Mahal, the Mahade Maharaja, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's in the ring, and and he's talking about Drew McIntyre, and um, I guess they're gonna feud with each other, because uh, Drew McIntyre was um, in the back, and um, and um, he destroyed his motorcycle. What is your thoughts of this? Well, if he didn't destroy it, somebody would have stolen it because he just leaves that motorcycle <laughs> wherever. Um, it was a strange, it was strange because they go to all the trouble of having the the sword destroyed and they show how he had changes done to it. And then Drew just announces, oh, that's not the real sword. I would never bring it. So I was like, okay, that's strange. And then... Because he was treating that sword like something leading up to it. He would look at it during interviews and talk about it. Then um, Ginger kept calling it your family heirloom. It made it sound like a quilt. He should have called it something like a legacy or something. Uh, what, I, what I did like was um, Drew was wearing the leather jacket. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it have been nice if Ginger destroyed the, the sword and made it out to be the real sword? destroyed his kilt or whatever, stole it and burned it. And all Drew had was his leather jacket being a Scottish psychopath again. I would have much rather seen that. Um, I don't know who didn't think that that motorcycle was going to be destroyed. I think what was impressive was the way Drew, like, just ripped the tailpipe off and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't... Remember when Kurt Angle poured, like, asphalt or whatever on The Undertaker's motorcycle? Or I guess it's hog. Mm -hmm. or something this one like he just took it apart with his hands so that was impressive but that was about all i thought about it shanky and veer didn't have much to say either but that's no. normal what did you think 
the bike was gimmicked. <laughs> okay. He had trouble with the gimmick bike. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I mean um, gender, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm probably in the, you know, probably in the low percentage. I like gender. I like the Mali Day Maharaja um, gimmick. Uh, I like it. You know, I think gender could, if booked right, I think he, you know, could be, um, you know, something that could be an upper mid card. But I like him. Um, as far as Drew and gender um, feud go, because that's where they're going, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm. I, I, they needed to give gender some wins. This is why we always talk about some jobbers. And have agenda come on, look strong, look strong, um, do the colossus, some jobbers here, you know, and and have his 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 um his um uh, his his crony, so to speak, um, you know, show why they why they with him, why they what what why they why they why they at the mind they Maharaja side, yeah. did they do anything? Uh, you know, they are they like um, you know um, remember um body slam and um Harry smile like was with the. Uh, with the guy he owed money and he had the wild Samoans with him and they was bringing up his car. You remember that? Do these guys do this? Are they strong like that? Are they why are they why are they next to him? You know that why you know what can they do? They haven't shown anything yet. So why is people supposed to be afraid of them? Why are they with him? What's their story? Why you said Veer and, and what's the other guy named Shanky? Shanky and Veer? Yeah. What is their story? Where are they from? You know, what, you know, but they haven't given any type of of background on these guys yet so why you know you know why they where did you where did gender find these people at when he was gone he went on a he went on a a, a, a adventure and he found very shaky destroying people in cages and he said you guys got to come back with me to the WWE universe to protect me to beat this Drew McIntyre who I was in 3MB with why didn't where's Via Shaky? What are they from other than coming from the damn performance center? That's just my thing. You <laughs> no, know? you're right. By the way, I like what you said about about gender because I I agree, and I'll actually say, I mean, his title reign when he was world champion, if that was done at a time like the pandemic now, where it was not arenas full of people booing him, it would have served him a lot better. I think he would have done, it would have been much better for him than dealing with the live audience and, you know, things like that. And yeah, Veer and Shanky, there's even little things they can do, right? Like he could say, Veer, bring that to me. And then you see which one's Veer or, you know, Shanky, go, go do that or go hurt that person. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, um, I don't get it yet, but I guess we'll see. Um, and as far as them feuding again, I think we said this last week, they referenced earlier back when they were a team together and they were friends, but for me, and I'm, and I'm going out, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here by saying it. I think for a lot of people, the three MB and stuff, it wasn't stuff that we paid a whole lot of attention to. Um, so there's more that they could do. Definitely. So the next one we have a, um, <clears throat> a fatal four-way match. We got uh, Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Ash, your favorite, a, almost <laughs> a superhero. And Nikki Ash defeated um, Asuka and Naomi and Alexa Bliss. What are your thoughts on this? 
I like Nikki Cross, not Nikki Ash. I don't know why she's almost a superhero or what she thinks she's going to achieve next. Um, I think they're talking about having the hurricane mentor her and teach her to be a superhero. The thing that, again, I don't like the mask. I don't like her costume. I think it's a little weird. And the promos, I mean, gosh, I have a little bit trouble understanding most of it. But um, yeah, Asuka and Naomi and, and, and everything, I mean, I feel bad for them. But look, they're, they're on TV. They don't have a bad gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're, they're doing what they do. I didn't really think too much of this. I mean, good for Nikki to, to get a win. That's all. It didn't really, you know, this wasn't something I was thinking about. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about that match on the podcast. But so what, what, is you- your th- what is your thoughts on um, Dewdrop and Eva Marie coming out for, for Alexa? Oh, yeah, you're right. That, I totally skipped over that part. I think, yeah, because the we know Alexa likes Dewdrop and then Dewdrop leveling Alexa at the bequest, at the behest, I should say of Eva Marie and then Alexa disappearing. Um, um, Yeah, it was okay. I mean, Alexa, I mean, you have the whole thing with her and Reggie, now her and Dewdrop, um, her feud with, um, you know, um, Reggie's ladies. Um, (laughs) And, you know, the doll I haven't seen in a while, maybe they're done with that. So I don't feel like there's a lot of focus or direction. So maybe the reason I'm not thinking about the Dewdrop Alexa interaction is because I haven't seen proof it'll really go anywhere because it's some of the other things haven't gone anywhere with her either. Right, definitely. Um, so moving on, we're going to go to um, Ivar of the Viking Raiders taking on AJ Styles. And Ivar defeated AJ Styles in a nice match. This showed off Ivar athleticism. They showed off some moves. AJ really made him look good in this match. But AJ losing to Ivar did not. I didn't like this at all. What was your thoughts? Well, I agree with you. It was a really nice match. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm okay with AJ losing just because he did what he used to do in TNA when he was um, bad guy AJ. When he loses, he's He's just angry. And so you can catch him like that because this whole thing is his attitude kind of gets in the way. Can there be a Monday Night Raw where we don't hear the announcers say, he's his own worst enemy right now. <laughs> and the other announcers say, you're right. Um, well, the announcing is... And so I didn't have a problem with him losing. Like you said, great. Right. So, I mean, AJ and I, I get it why they did it, but, you know, um, they needed to show that the Viking Raiders can pen um, on, on AJ, maybe to bring some more intrigue to the match um, today. Um, but, you know, the next match. So now since um, Ivar beat um, AJ, now um, Omas took on Eric and Omas destroyed Eric. Droid Eric, um, he looked good doing it. And so I like AJ and Omas together. And this was, um, yeah, there wasn't much to it. But, you know, there's no, there's nothing unforgettable about any match with Omas in it just because he's so huge. 
you can't you can't forget you can't miss so to speak so yeah he won with one of his you know strong man move and uh, that was that okay in the back Sheamus come back with a mask on his face and he destroyed Humberto Carrillo and uh, during the during the the, amp, the the guys come to help he has a stare off with Damian Priest Mm-hmm. And then back and then goes to the ring. Uh, do you want to see Sheamus versus Damian Priest? Are you interested in that? I can be. I mean, I feel bad for Humberto. I feel like he never had his big because remember it was it was going well for him in his feud with Sheamus, but then Ricochet's introduced. Now Ricochet's not in it. He's in with John with uh, Morrison, and so then you think, oh, so this is Humberto against Sheamus again. And now it's really about Damian Priest. So I felt bad for Umberto because he did really well leading up to it. You know, everybody was like, man, I guess this is the new wonder cheer for. And he kept getting the better of Seamus here and there. But it looks like that's done and dusted. And yeah, Damian Priest and Seamus, they each have kind of unique kind of skill sets. And I think it could be an interesting match. Um, If it's hard hitting, you have to have hard hitting with Seamus. Yeah, so after he destroyed um, Humberto in the back, he has had a match, but had a match with him, and Humberto comes out hobbled, and and um, Sheamus uh, destroyed him with a bro kick, with a one, two, three, and that was it. So mm-hmm. long, farewell, Humberto Carrillo. You feel like it's really over for him now? I think, you know, to me, he, he had promise. He, remember, he at first he came, he was a high fly, a fresh face, and then this was during Paul Heyman, while he was still in um, control, um, control, and um, you know they 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 made him stale. They they t- he took some losses. Um, they was trying to make build him up. Um, they were trying to build him, Andrew Garza, Alistair Black, all these guys, um, Buddy Murphy, all these guys. There's um, uh, Andrade. This was Paul Heyman's plan to make new star, make these guys new stars. And then as soon as they fired him or relieved him of his duties, and then but. Bruce Pritchard came in, they just got, if you look at it, none of them are there no more, you know, <laughs> um, except Gaza um, and uh, and Harberta Korea. He left and then he went and, and built up his body and got really muscular. And then ever since he came back really muscular, he been tr- still treated like a jobber. So I think that Humberto Korea needs to, um, you know, get, go under a mask, go away for a few ways, go under a mask and come with a mask persona. Um, you know, maybe that may work for him, but under his current um name, Alberto Carrillo, it's not gonna work, unfortunately. You know, yeah, I never was really like into the name either. I, I like the mask idea, I think he has a very expressive face that, that's really good. But I kind of agree with you either change the name or wear a mask and change the name. Um, and it's interesting, you all those people you mentioned, because like with Buddy Murphy, I know he's from Australia, but I never remember hearing his voice. Like, just things they never do with people, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah man. So, um, the next match was a fourth count anywhere match between Ricochet and Johnny, John, John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Drip Drip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricochet wins with a flying um, body press on top of a ladder. What was your yeah. thoughts of this match? Well, <laughs> is a riddle turning the uh, Miz on his back while he's in his wheelchair and just spraying him in the face with the drip gun over and over. I love that. That's the thing I really 
think about. That was my favorite moment. The match was great, of course. Um, but yeah, seeing this, <laughs> being at, waterboarded with a drip gun, basically. Yeah, I thought this was a nice match. Um, it played off to um, the first match they had with the the flying the count out victory with the flying body press outside on on the turn outside on the ropes uh, out into the stand, so to speak. Then the next match was the count out, and, and Miz was blocking him with his um, blocking Ricochet uh, from getting into the ring before the count of ten. Uh, I thought this was a nice blow off feud. They, they did this little mini feud. Very well. They, they, I think they really um, wrote this and booked this, and it was executed very well by all three, everybody that was involved in this um, whole um, mini feud. Totally, totally agree with you. It was really one of the A-plus feuds of the last few weeks, and, and you're right about the context. I mean, so often you'll hear no rules, false count anywhere, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, why? This one... Like, we wanted that. You know, we wanted to see a match with a winner. Um, it was perfect. You're right. Yeah. It was a really good mini feud. With, and they gave everything in the ring. I mean, we saw things from them that we didn't get to see from them for so long because they were underused. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. So when it, it, it was pretty good. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, Rhea Ripley, the next one, Rhea Ripley, the, the women's, the world women's champion, she defeated Natalia. What was your thoughts on this? This was the best match for Rhea Ripley. This match, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, Rhea looked so smooth working with Natalia. Um, That's Natalia. Yeah, Natalia is great. <laughs> yeah, that was. And, yeah, and it says a lot that the best we've seen from Rhea Ripley is when she's in the ring with Natalia. And, and I'm, I'm happy for both of them. I really appreciate Rhea Ripley a lot more now after seeing them match. What did you think? Well, um, Rhea, we got something different from Rhea. It shows that she get, they need to get her away from Charlotte Flair as soon as possible, like yesterday, like three weeks ago, because um, that feud does nothing for any of these two ladies. Also, Natalia um, is great. She's a heart, you know? She's a heart at heart, figuratively and literally. Mm -hmm. Literally, um, she she's probably the best technical woman wrestler that there is in the WWE, and probably in the world today. Yeah. Probably, um, she she's not booked uh, very strong all the time, but and her gimmicks with the cats and all that other stuff. They needed to give her a better gimmick than what she has with the cat. They needed to put her as a wrestler's wrestler, like a female Bret Hart or something like that, the most technically gifted women's wrestler in the world. Something like that, or Dima Lenko, something like, like that, um, so to speak. Um, her losing, again, she's a tag team champ. Since she won the belt, she lost more. She lost a lot since she, was a, she won the tag team belts. Last week, um, to um to Shotzi and 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 Tegan Knox. now she losing again and for time you know mm -hmm. so but back to the match Rhea Ripley um it shows that she has that fire that grit and can go in the ring as well and 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 if she's not with um with Charlotte she is um a, a very interesting um uh, character and wrestler and you know. We just need more. We need something different 
And this was something different but, um, for these women. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think with Rhea, her performance is when she comes to the ring. And when you just have her wrestle, she's outstanding. But when you have her do the whole performance in the ring, like going through all these emotions and feelings with Charlotte, that's where it gets, it doesn't look so hard to make that look great. Um, so this match was great for, for Rhea Ripley, great for Natalia. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I was never a big fan on the cat thing with Natalia, but it just seemed like one of those things where she probably thought, they're not doing anything with me. I'm losing all the time anyway. I like cats. Maybe that'll be interesting. And because on the total D, like that totally comes through. Their biggest moment was meeting Grumpy Cat or whatever that internet cat is that's famous. Her husband's really into cats too. So it was, um, yeah, I want the I want more for both of them. And um, it made me for Charlotte Rhea Ripley <laughs> cute for yes. just a moment. Yes, yes. Brought it up just now. <laughs> Main event, um, you know, a promo segment is um, MVP Lounge with Bobby Lashley. Um, Bobby Lashley comes out and, uh, you know, basically destroy the MVP Lounge. He, he gets and yeah. takes the mic, say he's going to tear Kofi up. He hopes he brings his family and friends to help back him up and that Kofi career is over this Sunday at Monday in, Money in the Bank. So he has some fire and desire. Bobby Lashley, after losing to earlier to um to um Xavier Woods, what was your thoughts on this? Did they did they say face here with him? No, I didn't believe it. Yes, and I, I don't mean that as being critical of Bobby Lashley's delivery. I just mean the whole idea that MVPs made him soft. I don't believe it. We saw the Hell in the Cell match with Drew McIntyre. We saw MVP, you know, using the cane against the cage well and we saw bobby explode on drew just screaming and just gnashing of teeth and we saw what he did to xavier woods so the idea that mvp made him soft i don't see it at all so i didn't buy it so that that was my problem with it i never bought this from the get-go because guess what before uh when before bobby got with mvp um he was he was you know just lackluster career, stuff like that, losing to Finn Balor at WrestleMania 35 and so on and yeah. so forth. But once he got with um, MVP, he rediscovered his 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 toughness, his tenacity, and that's when they became the Hurt Business. That's MVP. MVP led him to the world, the WWE Championship. That's un- So how did MVP make him soft? Ever since he got MVP, it made him stronger. So that made no sense. Ruthlessness. That made no sense. And it's that MVP members no MVP make him soft. No, y'all booking made him soft. Not taking a hurt business away made him soft. Not booking him to lose to Xavier Woods and you know possibly Kofi here and there every week on Monday making him soft. No, not MVP. It's y'all in the back. Totally, totally. What's your overall thoughts on Raw? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's see. Thumbs up, thumbs I'd give it a thumbs down. I give it a thumbs up. Unfortunately. Yeah, thumbs it, up? It was bad. Okay. Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I ain't seen no Charlotte or Rhea this week. I'm good. 
Well, the only two things I liked was really Miz getting the the gun in the face, the drip gun in the face, and the Rhea Ripley. So that should be enough because I'm happy for Rhea. But um, yeah, for Xavier to win, but they didn't put him in a triple threat match. I mean, just a lot of disappointment. Got you, got you. Moving on to AEW Fighter Fest Night One for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley defeated Carl Anderson. What was your thoughts on this match? You know, my honest first thought was, man, Bubba. I thought that was Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Walking to the ring, it was Moxley. Um, yeah, the. Um, who did he wrestle again? Carl Anderson. The machine That's gun. right. The machine gun. He did his little thing, but they didn't play the sound of the bullets being fired. Mm-mm. Did that, you see that when during his entrance? They have people ducking all I mean, over. It's they can't Texas, have they should, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they can't. But um, it was a good match until you know what I'm. What'd you say? What'd you? I'm sorry. What? So they can't do oh, that in Texas. What a um, mass shooting! It was shoot a good match. Until, you're right. You're right. They do it on impact, but now that the fans are back, maybe they won't. But, um, you know, I thought it was a really good match until the end. Thinking about like some of the, um, the way it ended, but See, um, I was happy for Carlin. I don't want to say I'm not a wrestler, so I feel bad critiquing in ring things. But just say it. That's what happened. There, we, do they call it a, do they call it a botch at the <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Kind of a slip up. Right. Yeah, there was a bit of a slip up, and so then came the um the uh paradigm shift, and it was kind of a lackluster ending to uh to a really good match. It was pretty exciting. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um two two um Carl Anderson finally for all those years in New Japan finally get the challenge for the for a heavyweight championship. <laughs> And I thought Carl yeah. Anderson did well. And they were, and, then, and you know what? They just just sign with AEW. They on AEW TV every week, every week. Why they just didn't sign with them? You know, I guess it's every. But um, so I thought there was a pretty good match. Um, uh, John Moxley. Um, you know, um, it was pretty good. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't crisp. But as you said, it was some slip ups here and there. Um, some great amateur moves that Jr. would say, so to speak. And when you're in a mm-hmm. fight, yes, fight. exactly. And when, That's what they were. And when you fight, when you're in a fight, everything don't go well uh, according to plan. Anyway, it was a fight. These guys was fighting each other. They don't like it. So hey, it was a good match. Um, and to the I point where Moxley won. Have two guys like that fighting? You don't think of like doing stunners off the ropes, you know? Right. Like it yeah. just doesn't fit anywhere. Not yeah. a stunner. It's called a cutter. An AEW. Oh, cutter. <laughs> a cutter. <laughs> right, a cutter. Uh, yeah. So it was a cutter in AEW. Yay! Oh, good. Yeah. Cutters everywhere. Yeah. I mean, um, so the, the next match um, was for the FTW world title. And Ricky Starks. Defeated Brian Cage. What what the hell is going on here? 
Well, Ricky Starks, he got one of the biggest ovations of the night, didn't he? He was and, over. Is he from oh, Texas? No, he's from Louisiana, which which is right there too. But some Texans hate Louisiana, LSU versus Texas. But they were chanting Ricky Starks. They were he got a huge welcome. And it was it was an interesting match, right? Like it it started off kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Maybe Brian Cage was trying not to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, Taz on the commentary was great as always, but yeah, it it uh, came down to the outside interference, and that was a good strategy. Um, so tell was, us, walk us to what happened at the end. So towards the end, Ricky is going to go pick up the FTW belt to belt. Uh, Brian Cage with it and instead um, Powerhouse Hobbs won't give it to him he takes it away and Ricky's looking at him in disbelief and then Brian gets a near fall he comes up from behind gets a near fall the match continues but then Hook gets up on the apron on the other side of the ring distracting the referee and that's when Hobbs gives Ricky the belt Ricky finally belts Cage, gets the cover, the pin, and Taz is excited, and they all run down and celebrate, leaving Brian Cage alone in the ring. That was a great swerve. It was. Yeah, that was great. I didn't see that coming. It was. It wouldn't have worked if Cage pins Ricky right after that, but it did work, yes. Yeah, Ricky Stark was over, so he was over, and... uh, you know, he was the the baby face of this match, and and I, it was shocking me. I really didn't know why. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I thought people would be more into Brian Cage, but I don't know. And that was actually one of the top two reactions, the ovations he got compared mm-hmm. to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. that's cool. true. Wow, crazy! That's crazy, crazy. Well, yeah, that was, yeah, the fans are back, so the fans choose who they like, man, right? Yeah. yeah. I think this is Ricky Stark's first um, appearance in front of fans, right? Because he came during the pandemic, right? No, when he fought Cody, I think that was before, or was it during? I'm not sure. I should know this, but I don't sure. But either way, he's over now with the, with the, with the fans. And speaking of Cody, Cody Rose comes out in a white suit and starts and, – and, on the, the commentary team and starts talking about Malachi Black mm-hmm. and um, talking about why he do that to old Arn Anderson and he said, you know what, I'm going to go to the ring. Why didn't he go to the ring in the first place? But now he goes to the ring and try to call out Malachi Black and then the lights go out. Oh, I'm sorry. Malachi Black comes on the, the, the Titantron. Do they call that the Titantron in in um, AEW, well, I'm calling it Titan Char. <laughs> Cody, and the lights go up. The Tony Tron inside the ring with Cody. Huh? Mm-hmm. The Tony Tron. <laughs> the Tony so, Tron. So the lights go out a la ECW, and uh, um, Malachi Black, you know, is in the ring, and then him and Cody start brawling, and um, had a nice little brawl. They had a nice little uh, Jerry Lynn is out there. 
and they pull them apart. And, oh, I didn't see them. I didn't yeah, see them. Came out there, and um, you know. So now this is the crazy part of it. Malachi Black is against Cody. What this is? This look like this is the next match that's coming. Um, this doesn't bode well for Malachi Black because Cody. No, doesn't. it doesn't. No, um, it doesn't. I'll say this was my favorite Cody on the mic moment so far since AEW began. I loved everything mm-hmm. he said. Um, except when he said, I'm feeling a little boisterous. I don't think that word yeah. really fit there. But um, I, I loved everything he said. I loved the intensity. I was worried at first because he was dressed like Jeff Jarrett in TNA, um, with, <laughs> especially with the hair. But, but you know, Malachi with the black suit, Cody in the white suit. He's really into those things. Remember when he dyed his hair black? Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a reference to Superman that the fans didn't really get and were like, what's with your hair? So he changed it back. Um, but yeah, the white suit and the black suit. Um, Malachi, his video um, promo where he was talking was... He, you know, it could have been really bad because when he starts talking about the horse and all of that, but mm-hmm. he kept me interested. He did really well with that. And I I loved it. I thought the whole thing was... I was shocked that they had the pull apart. I thought they would have fought outside because, you know, I would have thought anybody who tried to pull them apart would be fired by Cody after everything he said. But um, if anybody listening hasn't seen the video they referenced earlier that Malachi put on the internet, where he's in the psych ward and he basically kills two people. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I seen it um, a couple think- of days. And uh, I, 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 I kind of understand it. Why? Um, why? What's the name? Was um, uh, why? Um, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur was saying these things about that's not Tommy and that's that's Malachi Black. Now I see why. <laughs> um, I mean, he's he's he he, um, he got different per- personalities, um, so um, so I guess um, he 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 killed both doctors. So this, he terrified the, the 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 other doctor. He was afraid. He said, "Why even have to go in there?" So you that guy was a really actor, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to face your fear, but um, I now understand why. You know, so it's two personas. So he's gonna is he gonna use. Both personas, he's going to use the Tommy N or he's just going to use the Malachi Black one. I don't think he'll have time to be Tommy N's while he's just there to, he's going to lose to Cody before we get to really know that. But I think, um, I think what's, what separates him a little bit is he does, he sees things that aren't there in, in that video. So it's not just that he's dangerous and all that. Like he sees things that aren't really there. And when he said what he saw in Cody's eyes, like who knows who's he, who he's going to attack. Um, but I like when Cody says, why don't you come to the ring and take a better look? I love that line. Great line. So where does this match happen? Is that on a dynamite or this happens? This has happened next week on Fighter Fest night two. Where did this match happen at all out? Where does this match happen at? It very well could just happen next week. And that'll be that, you know, and then all of a sudden he's in, they, he's in from Death Triangle. He joins Death Square or something like that, and they all get put together. But um, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts because I really enjoyed this. 
So um, also in the back. Um, well, by uh, the way, yeah. they could really bring in Arn's son. Could make it last a little longer. Arn's son got to get killed by Malachi Black. You can't. Arn's son can't beat Malachi Black right now. Oh no, <laughs> I'm not not by not not a chance. But I think it'll it could just make it a little more interesting rather than just Cody beating him like. I think we all know he will. I sure, I sincerely hope not. But um, you know, again, that's when they should have used the jobbers. Again, uh, you know, they could have put him on dark, and you know, Malachi Black dark. It works. You know, he he killed oh, everybody right. on dark. You know, right. and uh, then he comes to the light, and then Cody's the light with the white suit. But they could have used that. But who? I don't work for them. But hey, what can I say? But anyway, moving on. We. Uh, in the back, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and and your boy, um, the Murder Hulk. Are you calling my boy? Your boy, the Murder Hulk. <laughs> he talks about um, John Moxley. Talks about their history, especially in the Tokyo Dome at um, Wrestle Kingdom when um, John Moxley who defeated him for that um, title um, in a Falls Count Anywhere's match. I think it was a Texas that match. I think. Um, and um, he challenges him to another match, a Texas death match. And, um, you know, and I think John Moxley, John Moxley accepts it. Are you, are you, um, are you afraid to see this rematch from the Tokyo Dome? It's a good question. Um, you know, Tony Khan loves wrestling history. So I'm interested to see what kind of Texas death match it is. Is it going to be? The you have to get to your feet before ten, and is it you have to do the pinfall, and then they have to get to their feet, um, or if it, it just means no rules? Um, yes, that is. Murderhawk was talking about losing to Moxley. That is one of the matches he's lost. <laughs> he's lost a few. Um, I was. Do you know what Jake Roberts was talking about in the beginning about all these people and what they're saying and? Was that in reference to anything that you picked up on? I had no idea. Me, I didn't, I didn't pay it no mind, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot better when Jake does the talking. I think everybody agrees with that, right? I think so, yes. <laughs> you know, because he could frame it any way he wants. You know, right. Murderhawk just saying, I'm going to get a match against you. And, and Moxley did a really good job a little later talking about Murderhawk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're for me so he did a good job with that but no I'm not I'm not so excited about it unless they use like an old-fashioned Texas deathmatch rules what about you well I'm not because that means Archer's gonna lose again he's not gonna he's gonna he fighting people that hey he's not gonna beat you know he, and he's, he's gonna you know when is he gonna win he's a murder hawk but he don't he's a murder hawk that don't murder anybody he gets no. murdered, you know? So he's like an endangered species. You have to be yes, nice. Exactly. So um, they're wasting, basically wasting him um, on his gimmick and give him a new gimmick or whatever situation. Is he a baby face? What was that shit with him and Sting? They, they completely left that alone, correct? Nothing oh, happened yeah. with that. Yeah, he was trying to impress Sting or something like that. And they completely forgot, left that alone. So um, I'm not sure where they're going with the, with the murder hawk. But we we'll, we will see. I think that match is going to happen next week. It have to happen in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be in Dallas. 
So okay, we'll we'll see what happens. Also, um, in the back we had um Ortiz and Santana, uh, with Tully Blanchard. They jumped on Tully Blanchard and they said, "Yo, we, um, they was about to hit him with a pipe." And they found out it was a metal pipe. And they said, you know, we respect our elders, but we don't respect FTR. So I guess they're going to, the, the Ortiz and Santana is going to take on. Like, what do you thought about this a little backstage um interaction? Bullying poor Tully. I didn't like that. And did they say it was a fake pipe? Yeah, it was a why fake would pipe. Have, why would they have a fake pipe? Just don't because, use the real one. Because yeah, they, just, they, they respect their elders, so they don't want to beat up nobody. They just don't hit him with a pipe. <laughs> so, Who carries around a fake pipe? I mean, I don't know. They but wanted to scare him, give that man a, a heart attack. <laughs> he didn't look scared. It didn't It made them look like, gosh, I don't know. It made, <laughs> made them look really bad. I mean, it's like people in Texas are like, I hear that's happening in New York now. You know? <laughs> like, oh, so, yeah. Well, I, it didn't do anything for me. What about so, you? Uh, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. Tully did look like one of them old crazy men, right? Um, the red jacket, <laughs> right? He did like one of those old crazy men, like um, always nice. Yep. To him, so I'm glad they did it rather than nothing. Right. right. But it didn't do anything to me about Santana Ortiz, but but this just shows you that the, the pinnacle and inner circle uh, feud is still going. <laughs> Whether we like it, <laughs> it's still like it's still going. But hey. Moving on, the next, um, the hangman, Adam Page, is in the ring with um, Tony Schiavone. And um, he's interrupted by the elite. And then the elite, um, they talked about him and he said, hey, well, especially I think it was Matt Jackson. He jumps in the ring and said, yeah, you were a part of us. And, um, you know, then they talk about you, you got some new friends. And then the Dark Order comes out. And then um, Kenny says, "You know what? I'm gonna challenge you. You want to? You want a world championship title match? What's gonna be a five on five elimination? Survivors? It's Survivor Series. It's the Survivor yeah. Series it's all over again. So, so it's basically Survivor gonna series. be gonna be Paige against the five of them <laughs> after right. a few minutes. <laughs> so it's the Dark Order. Uh, I think it's probably gonna be it's gonna be John Silver, Paige, uh, Evil Uno." Um, Stu Grayson and probably ten. Yeah. Ten. So the one that gets left out pretty much is gonna be Colt Cabana and also um John Silver's partner Alex Reynolds, I guess. Well Colt Cabana should matter of fact, Colt Cabana should be in it, right? Uh, he yeah. has done nothing but when he went to the dark order, he should have just stayed with the damn away from the damn mean shit. Yeah, I guess Brody Lee passed away before he could explain why it was so important to have Cole Cabana in Dark Order. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, and they said, um, if you win, um, so Survivor, they're having a Survivor Series on AEW, and if, um, and if uh, the Elite wins, they they get nothing. But if um, the Dark Order wins, Heyman gets an AEW title shot, and the Dark Order gets a tag team title shot. That was really nice of Paige to throw that in. I like that. That was a surprise. Yes. But why does he have to fight if he's the number one contender for the title? <laughs> that don't make sense, right? <laughs> but then they added the stipulation on the other side, right? What, that they get nothing? He gets nothing? Get absolutely nothing. If he they loses, if they lose, yeah. he does not get that singles match against Kenny. My God, Omega. My God, Omega. 
So mm-hmm. did 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 you think um that um Hangman Pop? You think he did a good had a great pop with the fan with the fans, the loud crowd. You know, I couldn't. I was waiting for it. It didn't sound as loud as Ricky Starks, maybe because the music was on louder. Mm-hmm. Um, Callis got a huge pop when he came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came out. Do you know what was a little disappointing to me? Is I mean, I loved everything that Matt Jackson said, and I loved everything Kenny Omega said, and he has what he calls the Harley Race kind of beard now. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all of that. What I what I wish they did is we didn't get to see the fans react to them individually. We didn't hear them react to the young bucks coming out. We didn't hear them react to Omega coming out with his entrance. I know we will next week, I guess. Also, same thing with Cody, because Cody ran out earlier to challenge Malachi Black, so we didn't get that big moment that welcome back, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, but I, I thought it was, it was pretty good. Um, again, with the five-man elimination... I don't, uh, definitely John Silver has to be in it. You're right about Uno and Grayson, because I really like them as a team anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we'll get the tag team match, because I expect Hangman to win. So I expect, so yeah. against Uno and, and Stu Grayson, we'll get the title shot, and because they, they, they're not going to beat the Young Bucks anyway. So, you know, they can take a loss. So, you and know. Not, by the way, not a single mention of Kenny's match against, um, Against uh, Sammy Callahan. Um, they're not promoting that. How is anybody supposed to believe that a title change could happen if they never even mention on AEW? Well, why is it, why Sammy Callahan is not on AEW television? That's the number thing. But they're doing you know, too many storylines. They're doing too earlier. much. Yeah, and you know what's so interesting? You said earlier about how you know the Good Brothers are on AEW every week. They might as well sign there. It's almost like a surprise when you see them on Impact. It's like they're the special <laughs> guest on Impact, and that's yeah. where they're staying. <laughs> and their main and their, their main gig is on AEW because they hanging with their friends. All so I, if I was if I was Impact, I just fired them. You know, what I'm saying, yo, go to stay with AEW because you you on there anyway. And did they get fans back yet? Um, TN, um, Impact. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, um moving on. It's two thousand and two again. We got um we got uh Christian Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Oh boy. I know. So it's two thousand and two. Christian Cage defeat Matt Hardy. What was your thoughts on this? This wasn't a bad match though. It was pretty good. No, it wasn't. They went all out and, and I like how Christian won at the end. And a lot of his matches he hits the kill switch kind of out of nowhere. So he's using his intelligence and his experience. Matt's twist of fate, he hit it. He just couldn't get the pinfall. And so it was it was a good match. I, feel, I was cheering for Matt, but I knew Christian was going to win. And then I guess the dinosaurs are friends with Christian because private party. Who's the other guy with them who came out with Matt's family office? There was private party and some other guy. Yeah, I didn't know who uh, that was because he was wearing like sunglasses. But um, yeah, so I guess uh, maybe they'll have a six-man match or something. But yeah, yeah, probably. But Matt and Papa Boy, that's pretty. 
that'd be a really good match. I mean, I'm a fan of, I mean, I'm a fan of Matt Hardy and, but I just, I, Christian for when he came in, they should still have him on the ascendancy. Uh, Tony Schiavone is with the champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Mm-hmm. And she's up she's talking about Nala Rose and who's going to be her next year. Are you excited for this match between these two, um, two young ladies? I feel like Nyla Rose has to win, right? Or they have to do something. Um, Can't win. Not, not too early. Brett Baker just won the belt. So what are they going to do with Nyla Rose? She's going to have to take the pinfall or count out or something, a DQ, but can't win. Let her, let, her, let there be a DQ. Let, let Rebel come in and hit her with a crutch, and then she throw her through a table or something and, and, and go home happy. But she can't beat Dr. Brett Baker right now, no. They did really well in the beginning because remember how Nyla would be suspended almost every other week mm-hmm. for putting people through tables? And mm-hmm. I think having her do something like that would be a good way to save face. Um, Britt Baker, I mean, the whole fans were doing the DMD stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, and she's going to get booed. I mean, Britt Baker is over with the crowd. She's whoever will fight Britt Baker right now is going to get booed. Uh, every baby face. So it's just the way it is. You, she's overweight like, crowds. Yeah, she's one of the defining people of AEW. Really. Yeah. So if you're an AEW fan, it's like you have to cheer for Britt Baker or else you're. if you boo her, it's like you're pro-WWE, anti-AEW. I wouldn't say that because I'm pro-WWE, but I like Britt Baker because she her character work. And the way, and ever since she got hurt, I liked her since then. She's her character is great. I mean, you know, she got the gimmick and and she talks well. And you know, that's what I like. I don't really like like so much in the ring, but I like her character. I like the DMD. She talks a lot of shit, and I likes it. I actually think she's, and I actually really like her in the ring because I loved when she wrestled. Um, I don't Thunder Rosa. Her. No, not even Thunder Rosa. She that. You know the woman who's a great wrestler, but she's very short? Layla Hirsch? Yes. And Layla Hirsch is like a superior wrestler. Britt Baker used her length. Like every time there was something, like she would reach for ropes or she would make it difficult to tie her up because of the length of her arms and legs. So she did that twice against shorter people, and I just think it was really intelligent, and I really respect that. Um, Yeah. I think Rebby's going to be out. Rebel's going to be out for a while from the injury to her leg. We'll see. I'm excited. I, I want Britt Baker should not lose for a while. And, um, you know, I'm excited for her. Keep her with Tony. Hopefully, maybe Monday make, make Tony her manager or something like that because they go, they go well together. That's who helped get her over. Tony Schiavone doing those little segments with her helped get Britt Baker over to the start. That's a great she's point. In right you're right. You're right. And the good thing, you know, like you said, you, you became an even bigger fan when she was, you know, busted open and really showing what a warrior she is. There's going to be, it's going to be hard hitting against Nyla Rose for sure. Yep. Next match was Sammy Guevara. He, he defeated Willer Ute. What's his name? Willer Ute? Utah, Utah or something? U- Willer Utah. Who is Willer Utah? I have no idea. Me neither. Sammy Guevara defeats him. And, um, you know, that was that. He's like so a bad guy, doesn't he? Wheeler, Utah. Like, he, the look on his face, and he came down. But he was with the best friends. But 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so um, this is good a good showcase for Sammy Guevara. And, um, you know, Sammy can pick up the win. You can't be mad at that. So, so moving no, on. No, he's a total good guy in a way, actually giving props to Wheeler at the end of the match. And, you know, it's his, he's from Texas, and this was a big homecoming for him. So Yuka uh, Sakazaki defeated my girl Penelope Ford. I can't believe this. Penelope Ford <laughs> loses. Penelope Ford is eight and one this this year so far. Um, so the so be, and Yuka Sakazaki comes in and defeats Penelope Ford. Where is Penelope Ford and the Bunny going to get some you know real run here as title contenders here? Come Great on. question because you mentioned eight and one now eight and two. And both those losses are the only matches of theirs we saw on television, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. And um, uh, she and the magical girl was very good. And um, it was a nice little, it was a nice match. And yeah, we're all fans of uh, the, the bad girl, super bad girl. And um, yeah, and I guess Kip is still injured or... Whatever he's running is. from Miro. He's running from Miro. He ain't coming back no time soon. By the way, that Miro um, promo was was good. About the he Redeemer. Is, <laughs> well, he's out of everyone in AEW, and I felt this for a while. Like he's the last person you would ever want to be in the ring with. Mm. Like all of them could kill me, of course, but he's the one that I would feel like there'd be nothing left for the funeral. You know. <laughs> What's your thoughts on QT Marshall um, um, backstage uh, promo talking about Cody didn't bury shovel? <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, him pouring the coffee on the cold, ice cold. I hope on Tony Schiavone was. I mean, I like his bullying ways. It can only go so far, right? It only works with announcers, but um. Yeah, again, I'm with you. He should have won that strap match or something else should have happened. Um, so I, I can't wait to see what he does next. I mean, what's he going to do, feud with Britt Baker now? I mean, he's picking on Tony. I have no idea. That's a, Zach, that's a fact. The next what main event, it, by the way? I, I, you know how I feel. I, every time I think of QT, I think about him being 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 buried by Cody. So I, the more I try to forget about it, the better I will be. You know? Yeah. It's in the Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley uh, area now with me. Oh, that's you bad. Know? That's he's bad. bad. He's, yeah, he's such a great what could have been with QT Marshall. So the main event of Fighter Fest uh, Night 1, Darby Allen defeated Old Eagle Ethan Page in a coffin match. What was your thoughts on this match? I loved it. I love the match. And when Sting came out, I forgot about Sting. So when he came out, I was off my seat. And the fans went crazy. Yes, Ethan they did. Page, they did, right? Like, we went from why is Sting showing up in every match to this time we were like, oh, my God, it's Sting. This is the greatest thing ever. So that happened. And him and Scorpio Sky had some great moments. Um, they oh, messed yes. up with the Sting flesh with the filming because they wanted yes, to show. Yes, they missed it. They missed yeah. it. And he, but he, they missed it twice because he missed it and they missed it. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, but Ethan Page was phenomenal. Darby did finally, and this is the first time where we've seen them acknowledge that Ethan is bigger and stronger than Darby. Because I really had a problem in that handicap match the way Ethan and Scorpio barely won 
against Darby by himself. Um, but this time, Ethan's size and strength advantage was shown. And let me tell you, the um, the coffin drop through the coffin was just the icing on the cake that nobody expected. The icing on top of the icing. Yeah. What did you Yes, Darby came out and had a, a shield in the back doing coffin drops. Oh, that was great. You're right. I forgot about that. And he had the skateboard, and he skateboarded to the ring again. Yes, Darby Allen was Darby Allen's the man. I just don't like – you know, it's crazy. I, I don't like Ethan Page losing. I mean, I, I, yeah. I like I like gimmick, but they, somebody had to win. Somebody had to lose, so, you know. But it was great. You know, Sting, Sting, when Sting come out every week when, and when there was no fans um, in, in, or Delhi's place or whatever – but now Sting going to different arenas coming out. People get to see Sting and going to be right. excited every time they're in an arena because they haven't seen him before. They haven't seen probably this first time seeing him or haven't seen him. And they're going to be excited to see Sting. So him coming out every week, expect him to be out more and more because the more and more people see him, the more and more they're going to be excited. And this is what he's there for the fans, you know. But you're, overall, you're so... that, yeah. what are you about to say? I was just going to say, you're so right. And, you know, um, with, um, I think, um, AEW, the fans are such a greater impact than in WWE. Now that they're both back live, they were in the mm-hmm. same Texas and you just feel it more with AEW. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't agree with that. It all depends on the people and the fans, but the, the AEW is not for children. You know what I mean? It, um, right. At WWE, you get more children and family-oriented people coming there. So the children are not going to be as boisterous as, you know, a Chicago crowd because they don't bring children there. But it's more of an adult for AEW, beer drinking and, 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 and wrestling. That's, that's AEW. Yeah. WWE is so for you, children. You Always has been. Always has been. I mean, since they've been, you know, the 80s. But the just to show you how great Ethan Page's promos were, that was the last line that Tony and them used. Pinning him, beating him was not enough when Darby went through the coffin. And that was Ethan's line, you know? Yes, yes. So I, overall, I, I thought um, night one was a thumbs up. How about you? Thumbs up. Um, thumbs up again. It's when you look at. I looked at um, in the New York Times the listing of statistics for COVID deaths in the last seven to 14 days. Mm-hmm. And it's Florida, Texas, California, and then a f- little further down, I think, Missouri. Um, and both in WWE and AEW, there were a lot of people there. Some of them, not many wearing masks. Um, it was a little strange to see, especially in Texas. But... Um, but as far as what we saw, huge thumbs up. Huge thumbs up. Definitely. Um, so, uh, and, and the CDC said it's safe to go out. And if you, especially if you're vaccinated, go, you can go out. That's what they said. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, you can only go by the information that they say. Yeah. Well, and in states. Those states. Yeah. Um, so, um, Moving on to SmackDown. So Vince come oh, out. Yeah. Vince McMahon. We left off. Huh? Jared was interviewed. Oh, okay. What did you do? Um, I was really happy to see Sean Spears. And that chair to the throat, that looked legit. And, like, Jericho's reaction, 
that look legit and that they're going to have a match and Sean gets to use the chair and Jericho doesn't. I love it. It was weird though. Cause you know, Jericho, you know, his wife was at the Capitol riot and Jericho gives, or she was at the rally. I don't know if she actually went to the, I don't think she went to the Congress, but she was at the Trump rally. Jericho gave all that money to Trump. And then he does this promo where he's like, I'll beat Black Panther. You bring back Muhammad Ali, I'll beat him too. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. (laughs) Why do you have to use those two examples? Oh, wow. I didn't know that Jericho's wife was at the rally. That's crazy. Who found out this information? This this came out when it when it happened shortly thereafter. It was brought up again because I think Jericho was criticizing Jim Cornette for something. And mm-hmm. Jim Cornette was they were laughing because one of the first comments was, Your wife was literally at the Capitol riot and you gave ten thousand dollars to <laughs> Donald Trump and you're calling Jim Cornette a racist or something like that. Oh wow. <laughs> oh so boy! It's gonna be uh. it's gonna be Black Panther, and if Muhammad Ali comes back from the grave, he'll knock him out. Okay, that's what we got. <laughs> uh, well, at least he didn't say Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson is alive and can get him. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going to SmackDown. Vince McMahon comes out. He say, "Hey, hey tells her, he comes out and say, hey, where the hell had?'" <laughs> that was great. That okay, was great. So- First match, Roman Reigns to the table. First man come out the curtain, um, and with his whole um, and the Usos, and they took on um, the Mysterios, who got a good pat. Dominic first, you know, he looked like he was very excited, you know, um, mm-hmm. and Edge got a huge pop. And oh my gosh! His first in front of fans, I never even thought of that. That's Dominic first a few fans. Um, so this match was pretty good with the Roman Reigns and the Usos um, defeating Edge and, and the Mysterios. What was your thoughts on it? Thought on this match? Really enjoyed it, and this is what this is what we need before a big pay per view. Um, I know I've talked about it before. My favorite WWF match of all time is that six man elimination right before WrestleMania three with Steamboat Piper and the Junkyard Dog against Randy Savage, the adorable Adrian Adonis, and King Harley Race, six-man elimination, ended the same way the Savage Steamboat match ended. Uh, Savage goes for the big elbow. Piper was pretending to be down, so Savage misses it. And then Piper beats him with a small package. Um, But, you know, so I liked this. What did you think of the reaction when Roman came out? It was an interesting. It was kind of interesting because is he has a lot of people cheer for him, but some people boo him. But you want him to boo, but he's gonna he I, he, get, he I think he got more cheers than boos. To be honest he's with got you, the biggest cheer. It sounded like Edge got a big pop. You know, that's mm-hmm. what it sounded like. He's but you can't tell. But, but you can't tell because you know they can pipe in noise. So. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to stop doing that. They've been using that to their advantage throughout the pandemic. So they can pipe in noise. Um, so, you know, their fans wasn't actually going crazy because when they no. first started, they no. wasn't going crazy. It was a lot of people sitting down, just standing around watching. So they wasn't cheering or going crazy. So AEW. They were in Texas. Huh? It wasn't AEW. Exactly. Um, so 
I'm not sure why that's why it's such, but WWE fans are different than AEW fans. Again, uh, they're different. Um, didn't get better anyway, the reactions. Right, right. Didn't so yeah. But um Edge, um, you know, um after the match, Edge, you know, uh put Roman in uh he he, he, sta- he was standing tall after the match. Um yeah. So, yeah. so it's um, really matter lost that, right? I didn't think it did. I thought they were just going to go crazy on each other. I didn't think there would even be a pinfall. I thought it would be countouts or DQs. Right. Or so uh, yeah, I liked the way when the Usos came out and they was out there, the right hand man, and um, and they was giving Paul Heyman five and uh, yeah. handshake, and that was cool, man. They was like, ah, man, I like, I like that that group. That group. My dad, my dad, a good point. Um, he doesn't think the way things have been going with um, R- Dominic's matches, he doesn't see Dominic having a long career at all. <laughs> he doesn't? It's a lot. He's taking a lot of lumps. Yeah, Dominic, he, when he first came in, he did that little springboard acai muso, which was crisp. Yeah. And he's pretty good in the ring. Um, Ray taught him well. I mean, I got you got to give the man credit. Ray, Ray's. He's so, I'm sorry. Unless he's made out of steel, like he takes so much punishment. Dominic, right? Dominic, yeah. Well, if he if he trained in the Mexico ring like Conan and them did, I, I'm pretty sure he did. And Tijuana, that 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 the the it that, it was like steel on the on the mat. So I'm pretty sure Ray That's taught him. I'm pretty sure. Ray, I mean, he probably had the best lucha libre trainers ever. He got Rey Mysterio, his father. Conan probably trained him here. You know, probably Grand Metal. You know, a lot of people uh, was able to train. Um, you know, Dominic. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's gonna be all right. He just needs to. Um, he gotta. He gotta get some definition. Muscle I just definition. hope he stays healthy. It seems whenever they need somebody to be the one to take, like some some painful move it's him or if roman wants to show how tough he is and how legit and he's just punching him in the head a million times it'll be on dominic mysterio we're getting thrown out of the ring you know so far he's held up but i just hope it stays that way so kayla black in the back kayla braxton pulls up the edge and talks about what just happened and seth rollins comes up and talks about their history last he's laugh. That and, was so uh, funny. Talk <laughs> about yeah, he kicked him in the head, and uh, you know, and you know, stuff and bending back to that nature. And he said, um, you know, giving a a, uh, a history lesson of that he went that Edge was the first person to cash in the money in the bank briefcase, and you know, so on and so forth. So, what's your thoughts? It looks like this is going to be the next thing up, up, up next. And he told him that if he wins. That he's going to win the Money in the Bank title, on um, the Money in the Bank match, and then if he wins against Roman, he's going to cash in on him as an opportunist. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, he said he's rooting for Edge to win, and um, you know when you look at who's in the Money in the Bank match, I mean he is really the one that you think you c- could probably do the most with it. Like right now, everyone mm-hmm. else you think it would probably take a lot of development to get to that. You know, like over months. Um, who's who? Who's the woman GM? Sonia Deville. 
some reason, if I'm not if I'm not paying attention, and I and Seth walks in in that suit, I think it's Sonia Deville for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, I'm fans of both of them. Um, but yeah, I I think um, you know, with Edge, they want to, you know, they want to do the big things with him, right? You're not going to use him for anything less. And aside from Roman, I mean, Seth is great. Um, real quick. Yeah. Um, real, real quick. Um, some slam match. Seth Rollins and Edge. Is that then? That's the first time ever, too, right? So is that a big SummerSlam match? Yes. What do you think? Okay. I think so as well. So yeah. Sami Zayn comes out and he says um, he wants justice and he was missing his his um, the fans to back him up on his conspiracy <laughs> theories. And uh, <laughs> oh, Sammy's great. And uh, that was it's so much fun. And Finn Balor returns and as the prince. So he's back on he's back up to the main roster, back to SmackDown. He's wearing blue um, and doing his the regular interest. And the thing about it was Pat McAfee was doing the damn interest with him. Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> Pat yeah. is enjoying himself more than anybody <laughs> at the WWE right now. Um, so Finn Balor comes in, do, does his um, does some moves on him, and then hit the coup de ground, Sami Zayn, and then leave. What's your thoughts on Sam, uh, Finn Balor back in on SmackDown? Well, the the, the great moment was with Sammy attacking him. He said, "Hey, welcome," and then he goes to beat him up. Um, you know, good for Finn Balor. Um, you know, he's one of these people where you know he's amazing. Of course, he looks like a billion dollars. But, but it just seems for him to have success, it always is at the expense of so many people. And the matches are always kind of the same in that, you know, even if the other person does, you know, has their input um, and their offense, it always just ends with him with the coup de grace. And I just don't find it very believable. Um, but um, the fans love it. And, um, you know, I think... I was never a big fan of the Balor part of his name, or Baylor, or Balor. Um, Prince, fine. Finn, fine. But um, but yeah, this will definitely probably sell a lot of merchandise. What did you think? Yeah, uh, every time I see Finn Balor, I think about one thing, one thing only. When is he bringing the demon back? Because the demon is a superstar. The demon could beat anybody. The demon could beat Roman on, Reigns. Would you put him on SmackDown, or would you put him on Raw? Because you talk about how Raw needs some things here and there. I mean, they stacking the deck on SmackDown. So yeah. right now, you know, SmackDown is the is the A show right now. And um, yeah, you're, you're um, right. yeah, they need them. But then again, we got to see what will happen um, in the draft um, when they shake things up. What who will go where? Uh, but SmackDown needed a, needed some new infusion. I think Karrion Cross is going to go to Raw. I, that's what I might think. Um, I think Karrion Cross and um, and possibly um, others may go to Raw. Because um, SmackDown just got Shachi Blackheart and Tegan Knox, and they getting um and they getting my girl um um, um Tony Storm. So yeah. they're back in the deck on SmackDown. So they are meaning on Raw you're gonna have you know Kofi and then world champion Xavier up up down down <laughs> video game website. 
Right, right, right. They just, but they got riddled, so you know, we see what happens. So the next yeah. match was Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knights. They defeated Tamina and Natalia again. What's going on again? Tamina, Natalia keep losing every week. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, it was weird because they called this a contenders match. Now they've beaten them twice, mm-hmm. and you'd think they would have, they'd be the champions now. Um, I guess they tried to soften the loss by having the Liv Morgan and the um, who's the other person who was Alina. Alina, um, but then they ended up getting beaten up by Liv Morgan at the end. So Tamina and, and Natty, I feel bad for them. Shotzi and Tegan, it's very interesting to me. They've beaten the world champions twice. The second time this past Friday, they weren't even, it was kind of forgotten. It was an afterthought because it became about um, Liv Morgan. And we don't see a lot of, I don't feel like if, if you didn't watch NXT, I don't watch NXT, but I know Shotzi Blackheart um, from social media and from her matches on NXT. You feel like you don't really know anything about them. I mean, you see the tank. And you see them come to the ring. They've won twice, but it's almost like you you want to you want them to do you want the WWE to do a little bit more to build them up, even even though they've won twice. Like, who are they? And it, this is very common with the women. They do this to the women wrestlers all the time. For years, you know, when Sasha Banks would come on. It was like, she's the boss. And they never explained why she was the boss. She didn't have a lot of interviews when she first came on. It was that she wore jewelry that said boss on her banks. And so they always have to do everything themselves versus the men who get more more screen time or more this or that. So with Shotzi and Tegan, it almost feels like whether they win or not, the reaction might not be that big because they're not making them bigger. And again, Liv Morgan kind of became the story at the end of the match. So it was, I don't know how, I, I didn't like it. I thought this match was, I thought it was okay. I, um, you know, uh, to me, the, the Natalia losing again as champions. Man, they lost so, I don't think they won, I think they lost more matches than they won since they won the titles. So, yeah. yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, the next match was Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women Champion Bianca Belair defeated the most beautiful woman in the WWE, Carmella. What was your thoughts? Really like it. I like all of Carmella's matches. Um, she didn't get to use the code of silence, and I know that's her finisher, but it would have been interesting to see Bianca break out of it. I love that they mentioned that she had reached out to Bailey for advice. Um, and actually, after the match on social media, she did a, an interview where she said she was giving a shout out to Bailey and said that um, she didn't have enough time to prepare. This is not over. She only had six days. And, um, you know, that Bianca cheated by using her hair, whereas she has never cheated by using her beauty. So <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was a really good match. Bianca just never makes mistakes. It looks like she's just so- no. Especially those shrimps, uh, the feats of oh. shrimps that she showed. My goodness. Absolutely. And balance and, yes. and the athleticism. Yes. And I loved it. What did you think? Yes, I thought the same thing. Uh, Bianca Bria is a freak of nature. 
and very strong, athletic. Um, you know, so and Carmella's good too. So I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, very entertaining. The next match was Cesaro, and he defeated Otis of the Alpha Academy. By what was your thoughts? Um. Well, Cesaro asked for it, right? Backstage coming up and, and running his mouth a little bit. Um, I always love in backstage segments, like if I punch you in the ring, we just go back and forth. If I punch you backstage, you're on the grounds in a fetal position, you know? <laughs> um, but um, when I think of this, I didn't think too much about it. Um, this might be where they're going. The swings were, were, were cool. I'm still waiting for Kurt <laughs> Bring back Kurt and start the Kurt business where he can have <laughs> these Olympians, right? And they can yes. go up against the Hurt business. If if Kurt, yeah, if Kurt was to come back and and to be like their manager, like MVP, that would be great. Especially funny Kurt Angle. Yes. Funny Kurt Angle, you know, yes, definitely. That's a great idea, big man. Um, so the next angle was Baron Corbin came out. He, his hair is out. His hairline is, is all crazy looking. Uh, you know, he can't afford He can't pay his mortgage. He, he's behind in his mortgage and his bills and his car payments. And he's going down a hard time since he lost the damn crown. I didn't know the crown was worth so much money. Yeah, exactly. A little help. He just need a little help to get back on his feet. You know, so he got a beater. He was wearing all those times. With the crown. Exactly. So he's got a, a, a GoFundMe. He got a go a Corbin fund me page. He needs he needs a uh, hundred thousand dollars. That's all he needs to get back on his feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's all he needs <laughs> to get back on his feet. I wanted to contribute to it, but I couldn't find I couldn't find it on my internet. My internet was down, so I couldn't. Dude, I would just, I wouldn't, you know. You know, go go fund me. Kevin Owens came out and um and he 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 wanted to contribute and with a damn stunner and bye bye so long farewell. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Corbin? Go, the Corbin fund me for about ten. I love Corbin. I'm a huge fan of Baron Corbin. I like all the things he he's done. He can do anything. Um, I didn't like when fans didn't like him or people on the internet didn't like him. I don't know where that really came from. So I'm I'm happy he's getting this. But again, the idea that losing the crown, you know, he's lost all these investments and things like that. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Well, not kind of. It totally is ridiculous. But um, he could just be depressed, you know? He has no identity. Um, but for some reason, it's all about his car getting repossessed or whatever. But whatever. I mean, it's Baron Corbin, and I like him. Do you Matt, approve? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, man. Very interesting. It was funny. It had me it had me dying laughing when he said he needed a Corbin for me for $100,000. He just needed a little... A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, that's crazy. So the main event was Seth Rollins. He defeated Big E, KO, and King Nakamura. What's your thoughts on this match? I feel like Big E and KO are the Asuka and Naomi of, of uh, SmackDown, basically. And, yeah, Seth Rollins won, and Seth Rollins should win. You know? What Great. Thumbs you? up thumbs up, and thumbs down for this match. I mean, for the um, for SmackDown. Thumb sideways, okay. maybe closer to down than up. Yeah. 
I give it a thumbs up. I thought it was a pretty decent show this week. Um, we did see the- an inter- we did see the promo with Aziz and Commander Aziz and uh, his charge. Um, yes, the Nigerian prince. But he hasn't been on in a while, and he's not on Money in the Bank. We need to see more of. Him and we miss his- it. We, you, yeah. you, it's it, there is a difference when he's not on. There is a difference. Do you think that? Do you think he will work on Raw? That will work on Raw or no? It would make Raw better because. You know, there's there's Raw being three hours. There's just stages of it that just kind of lag a little bit. He'd make my Mondays better. Okay. Um, so now, um, Money in the Bank, uh, we're going to just go through it real quick. Uh, just let me know who you think going to win. So for the SmackDown um, um, Tag Team Championship, the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, um, was going to take on the Uso. Who do you think going to win this match? I wish the Mysterios, but I have a bad feeling the Usos are going to win. Yeah, Usos, okay. Thank you, man. What about you? I think the Usos are going to win as well. Okay. Uh, moving forward, the, the WWE uh, Raw Tag Team Champions, AJ and Omos, is going to take on um, the Viking Raiders. Who do you think will win this one? I'm going to make a change. I'm going to say Mysterios are going to win because with fans back, they want a huge happy moment. Okay. Um, with, but this is going to take on. This is going to be the um the kickoff show. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think it's I think the Mysterios, and now mm-hmm. for this AJ and Moss. Okay, you think AJ and Moss? I think AJ and Moss too. Right, because they have to get to Orton and Riddle eventually, right? Exactly. I'm not looking forward to this match, but the for the World Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley <laughs> versus Charlotte. What's your What's your thoughts? Who do you think will win this? I can't, you know, I don't even know where. I haven't thought of a, a worse idea that could be the I, the ending of this match. Um, if it's just about give it to Charlotte, if that'll stop this, maybe. I, I have. There are no winners in this. The fans lose. How's that? The fans lose. What about you? Right, but who are you picking to win? I, I, we we lost. I know we lost. We've been lost. We lost a month ago. We lost three months ago. With this damn I'm going to go with Rhea. Rhea. Yeah. I, I go with Rhea as well. Let me, really? I go Rhea. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask yeah. you a question. After this, after this match, right? Does this feud end? Yes or no? No. No. Oh the my God, relationship, no, they're going to end oh up God. like teaming together or mentoring each other, something. It's going to keep dragging. Okay. This is, that was, that was very, that was very heartbreaking what you just said to me, but I don't care. <laughs> so women money, women money in the bank. Um, Oscar, Naomi, uh, Zelina Vega, uh, <clears throat> Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, almost a superhero, and, and uh, Natalia and Tamina, the women's tag team champions, which, which is a nice little wrinkle. Who's going to win this match? I have two choices. Um, the majority of my choice is really Alexa Bliss. The other like half, might, I actually think Tamina might win. Oh, Lord Jesus, that's not happening. Okay. I think he might win, and they'll do something about the tag team or breaking up or something. Because they got a lot of press when Tamina won the tag team titles. Like mainstream stuff. It was like a story. And that ah. might happen. I think Alexa Bliss, but I wouldn't be totally shocked. Like if this was a horse race and there's like Tamina is 30 to 1 odds, Two dollars on Tamina to win. What about you? Uh, I th- I'm not sure. Um, 
it won't be Oscar, it won't be Naomi. I'm taking out. It won't be Nikki Shash. It won't be Natalia. It won't be Tamina. So I'm between Zelina Vega and Alexa Bliss. I'm between those two. Um, That's a good so, point about Zelina. Bring her back if she's just going to be one of a bunch of people who loses in the match. But but you made a good point. I think Alexa Bliss with, with the money to bank and her demonic um, persona is not only scaring people with her persona, but also with having the belt. I mean, honey, the, the briefcase as well. Miss Money in the Bank will also, she can do a lot of things with that, have that damn doll in the back in the, in the damn um, briefcase. So I take, um, I think Alexa Bliss may win, okay? And hopefully she wrestles. Like, if they have her just disappear mm-hmm. and not come back into the match, that'll be a waste. So I'm, I am hoping for Alexa. Raw, uh, men's Money in the Bank um, match, Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Big E, uh, and King Nak- King Nakamura and Seth Rollins. Who do you think gonna win this match? I mean, it feels like Seth Rollins, but the there is a part of me that thinks it's gonna be Riddle. So I'd say Riddle. Which one? You say all oh, Riddle? Mm-hmm. I say Seth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can see that WWE Championship match: Champion Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. Who will win? Oh. I'm going to say Lashley. Ooh. I don't know. I'm wrong. It's going to be Kofi Mania. They're going to try I'm gonna, to make I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Bobby as well. Is it going to be because um, Xavier helps him? Maybe. Then the universal title, the universal championship, Roman Reigns uh, takes on Edge. First time ever. Has to be Roman. That's it. I say Roman too. Yeah. Yeah, now, quick question. What were the odds? What? What percentage would you say you have Roman winning? 90% or less? I I, I was leaning at 90%. Yeah. Yeah, 90%. Do you think there's a part of them that want the fans, like the feel good feeling and the feel good story after them being away, whether it's Edge winning the title or Kofi winning the title or both of them winning the titles? No, because no. If they were, if they was gonna do that, they would have did that at WrestleMania, with okay. the pageantry. The, 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 that would have left that that image would have left lasted for a long time, with yeah. Edge winning, holding that belt up. No, instead he got that's, stacked. He got stacked great, up. <laughs> that's a great point, and also because Money in the Bank is about the Money in the Bank match. The greatest Money in the Bank match ever was CM Punk versus John Cena, when CM Punk threatened to win the belt and and leave with it. <laughs> And go to AEW <laughs> before it was made. They, before they it was there. I hope they don't do this again next year where they point up yeah. because, like, it's not in the frame usually. This the briefcases are so high up that when the wrestlers point up, it looks stupid. Mm-hmm. So, let me ask you this do, do does the women money in the bank do they cash in the same night? Oh, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. So Alexa Bliss cashes in and beats either of those two. That would be a great night. Thank you for bringing that up. What, I think what do you, what's, yes or no? Yeah. What about the men's? Do the, men, do the men's money in the bank win? Do they cash in the same night? With the, whether it's Roman or... No, yeah, I'm going to say no. You gotta say no, okay. Best, best, 
I don't know. I'm. Uh, it depends on who wins. And uh, maybe Bobby, maybe Kofi wins, and then there's someone else. That's a good transitional way to get the title on Riddle. You know, maybe. Oh yeah, because they did have something going between Kofi and Riddle a little bit. But... Or you know, it would be crazy if, if, if I don't know they'll go this route. But if Kofi wins and Big E cashes on him. <laughs> oh, you figured it out. No, you you figured out the puzzle. But that's not gonna happen because you know why you they're gonna want a title win. change. They want a title change last. And um, but if Seth wins because Roman is going on last, um, so whoever so whoever wins, if a SmackDown person wins, you know I think um, and if and if Edge wins and Seth wins and Edge wins, then possibly Seth you know um, cashes in maybe. But uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Um, You're right. Match order. Match order. Very yeah, key. Match order. Exactly. It's a fact. And um, so let me ask you this. Um, best match of the week. Oh, gosh. Um, I'll say it. I'll say um, best match is probably. I'm going to say I know I know. I should give a quick answer, but one half of me says the Natalia Rhea match was great. The other half says the. AJ and Ivar match was great, but I will say match of the week for me goes to um, it goes to Carmella and Bianca because I was watching every second of it and I was really into it every step of the way. Over Darby Coffin match? Oh, I, I didn't count AEW. Yeah, Darby Coffin match. match. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole week. Of I forgot. So okay. What about you, Darby Coffin? Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty. I like. I like two matches this week. I like um, the the Roman Reigns and Uso versus um, Edge and Rey Mysterio. It was it, it has some life to it, but it was good. Darby and, and Ethan Page match was 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 crazy. Thing so I like that by a mile. Yeah. Exactly. So um, and what was the best show for this week? Fighter Fest, Night One, SmackDown, Raw. Fighter Fest, one hundred percent. But honorable mention to. Impact Wrestling for their promotion. Did you get the text I sent you? Yes. On, did you catch any of it? No, I didn't. I was. I could. I was. When I got it, I was still. I was asleep. Oh no, problem. sorry. But it was really good. And actually, they were building up to the Callahan um, Omega match, which Omega won. Mm-hmm. Um, but Callahan did a. Um, people are still cringing. He did a flare chop, missed, and hit the ring post. Oh wow! Like hard. And people thought, and, and by the way, they did the thumbtacks that the Young Bucks did. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Omega put the thumbtacks in his mouth. In mm-hmm. his mouth. And then Omega put the thumbtacks on his knee to do the V-trigger. He covered his knee with the thumbtacks to do the V-trigger. But um, you know what Gallo said? He said that he thinks that um, the best wrestler in the world is Kenny Omega. And do you know who he, he reminds him of the most? Cool. Eddie Guerrero. Oh wow, that's a great comparison. Right, it is. Wow, that's crazy. So, oh, and that was- debuted, and um, Mickey James was there, and uh, and um, the, the the Australian woman on Impact, I forgot her name suddenly. And she told Mickey, "Just take your trash bag and go home." <laughs> okay, definitely, definitely. So, Impact looks like it's getting better. Correct. Well, they have the best social media and they do the best, like, um, countdown kind of things, you know. But that's it. Okay. All right. Well, big man, thank you so much for joining us today. 
No, thank you. And to people of Germany and the floods, our prayers are with you. Um, and to the family of all Mr. Wonderful Lorndorf, our prayers are with you, sir. Definitely, definitely. Well said, man. Thanks, sir. Well said, big man. This has been the State of Wrestling, the Power Drive Report. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the State of Wrestling, the Power Driver Report. Please join us next week for the next edition.